0: Hello, pet lovers, and a warm tail wag welcome to all of our listeners. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Did Fido poop today? My name is Jennifer Maroney, and I am the owner of Critter Sitters, and More. And this podcast is all about the health and care of our pet family. I invite you to head on over to our website, crittersittersandmore.com, and check out the Critter Parent Resources tab for more great information. And of course, be sure to like, follow, and share our Facebook page, Peninsula. Now for today's topic. I am so looking forward to the summer. I love getting out and about and doing the things outside with my dog hot sauce. We do car rides, we do walks, we go to restaurants with outdoor patios, as well as some of the local breweries. And then of course, there are tons of free music events to enjoy right here in the Hampton Roads area. So we do spend a lot of time enjoying the great outdoors. But one of the things that we absolutely have to consider is that it only takes a short period of time, especially when we get into July and August, for our pets to really experience the heat stress that happens with, you know, that 100 degree temperature and that heavy humidity. Uh, So one of the things that I do always like to remind and caution people is that it can be a deadly situation, even if it's only for a few seconds. If the temperature is above 70 degrees, and your pets are left in the vehicle. And that's even if all of the windows are down. So, pets don't sweat, so they cannot regulate their body temperature, which is normally 100.4 to 102.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Right? So instead, they release heat through their tongue, their nose, and their foot pods. And of course, we know that dogs pant uh, to exchange cooler outside air for warm, you know, air that's in their body. Of course, and the humidity of uh, Virginia, uh, we're not giving them too many options if they're left outside in the sun or in a car uh, too long. Um, And you know, you're dog is extremely overheated if they are leaving paw prints behind. So today I want to talk about uh, hyperthermia or heat stroke and uh, you know uh, what the signs are, uh, how we can prevent it and then what to do if we are worried about uh, that our pets may have experienced um, a little bit of heat stroke. So, Hypothermia is the elevation and body temperature. So anything, you know, 103 degrees Fahrenheit or higher is considered abnormal. Because remember, you know, our pets' uh, temperatures are only about 100 to 102.5 degrees Fahrenheit. So, might not be a bad idea from time to time to check your pet's temperature. Um, Just to get a feel for what is normal for them. Um, Of course, when we start getting to that 103 level, we are at the risk of uh, hypothermia or heat stroke. And without prompt attention, uh, heat stroke can result in multiple organ failure, which includes brain damage, kidney failure, cardiac, cardiac arrest, and death. And of course, pets that are a little bit older or overweight, and let's not forget our short nose, you know, those punched in face, you know, pets, they're all at a higher risk. So, you know, the weather is nice uh, or it's really hot and you need to get your pup out for a walk. Let's talk about what we want to make sure that we are doing during that uh, to avoid issues of heat stroke so first and foremost let's walk the dogs in the cooler part of the day and i tell you in july and august uh hot sauce my dog gets his walk around 9 a.m at the latest now as far as my pet sitting company uh, if you've hired us to do a midday walk uh, one of the things that we will do is we will shorten the walk times Uh, we want to make sure that we don't have them out too long because our midday walks tend to happen between 11 a.m and 2 p.m which of course are some of the hottest parts of the day so what we will do if you have hired us for a walk and this is what i recommend for you to do for your own pets is uh, we're gonna keep them outside for a shorter period of time. Now we'll bring them back inside and we're gonna interact and play with them. But as far as outdoors, you know, actually being outdoors, uh, we're only gonna do that for a good 10 max, maybe 15 minutes. Uh, We are gonna stick uh, to the grass as much as possible. If there's a shady side of the street, we are gonna walk on that. And then of course we wanna we're going to be carrying water with us. So these are all things that you are going to want to be doing yourselves. Okay. Um, so uh, cooler side of the street, shade, grass and walk um, with water. And of course you need to remember if the pavement is too hot for you to stand in there barefoot, then it is also too hot for your pets. Now, Let's say you've been out walking, and I've done this, and it happens, and you realize that your pet uh, may have become a little overheated. First and foremost, I would say find a shady area, uh, you know, get them into the grassy area, and get your bottled water out and make sure they are drinking uh, plenty of water. Um, Now, uh, signs that you should be looking for are heavy panting and gasping. Um, or if they have vomited, if they haven't gone completely dehydrated, if they're not so dehydrated, they can't vomit. Sometimes heat stroke will, you know, are maybe even just a little bit of overheat will cause a vomiting. Um, if you know how to check their pulse, which I hope you do, uh, you'll want to check for either a weak pulse or a high pulse. If they are refusing the water, that is a sign of, of serious problems. Something you can do is actually check their gums. So if their gums are bright red, or if they become bluish, which means they're not getting oxygen and blood flow, that is, you know, a sign that you definitely want to be aware of. And last but not least, yeah, you know, if they lose consciousness, that's a sign of a serious issue. So. Um, so those are the things you want to be looking out for, or, you know, these are definitely things we want to be avoiding, but, you know, sometimes things just happen, and, um, you know, you, we tolerate heat and the humidity, uh, much differently than pets do, so we may not always realize right away that we have gone a little too far with them, um, Also, uh, keep in mind that if you like to let your pets run in the yard, one of the things you're gonna wanna do is make sure that you've got plenty of fresh water out there for them and a shady place for them to hang. And honestly, 15, 20 minutes, more than enough, get them back inside to cool off. So, let's say that your dog is starting to, uh, you know, uh, show signs of heat distress or heat you know, distraction. Um, and you're not really sure yet uh, if you're headed towards heat stroke. Um, so uh, one of the first things you want to do if you feel like you know the heat stress or heat exhaustion may have set in, you want to get your pet into a cooler environment. So get them into the house, have a fan blow on them. You don't want to set them in front of an air conditioning unit, but have a fan blow on them. Or if you can get them into a tub with cooler water. The idea is you want to bring down their temperature, but not too fast. So the water needs to be cooler than their body temperature, but not so cold. So you don't want to add ice. (laughs) Um, You don't want to pull out refrigerated water, but you want to get them nice and cooled down. Uh, so, and you can you know get them anywhere their paws, their pits, their groin, the belly of the skin, uh, the belly of their skin. You want to get that all nice and wet, right? So, again, you don't want to cool them down too quickly. So, um, also, rubbing alcohol or witch hazel wiped on their inner ear flaps or their foot pads does have a cooling effect, but you don't want to use too much. Um, Once you start bringing their body temperature down, you know, you've got them either in a cool environment or you've got them cooled down with some water, you wanna check their temperature. If it's at 104 or higher, you know you need to get them to the vet. So this means a call, let them know you're coming, let them know what your pet's experiencing, let them know it's a medical emergency, right? Um, For in the event, uh, that your pet has gone unconscious, a couple of things that you can do is run up, rub a little honey or row syrup onto their gums. This is going to help increase their blood sugar level and get the, you know, things going again. Um, and again, um, uh, if at all possible, you may need to start administering CPR to get their heart going. So, um, uh, if you haven't taken a pet first aid or cpr course i highly recommend that you do that Um, we have a local company that offers them uh six times a year out of our peninsula spca on route 17 uh, right there across uh from the um oh what is that Oh goodness gracious my mind just went blank so but yes you can take pest Pet First Aid and CPR. I will include the links uh, in the description of the podcast episode for you. Uh, So I highly encourage you to do it. All of our team uh, for Critter, Sitters, and More have been um, have been trained in Pet First Aid and CPR. The Virginia Living Museum I knew it would come to my head so our Peninsula Humane Society right across from the Virginia Living Museum offers the courses uh, six times a year and it's actually a little bit of a fundraiser for the Peninsula Humane Society uh, but I digress uh, the uh, like I said our uh, entire team is required to be certified in pet first aid and cpr and we have to renew our certifications every two years so i encourage you to do so as well and like i said i will uh, i will be sure to share that link with you Uh, i appreciate you joining me today i hope these tips have been helpful for you and i would love to hear from you about topics you would love to listen to thank you for listening in today please be sure to rate review and subscribe to this podcast want more great tips on pet care and other pet resources then head on over to our website www crittersittersandmore.com and more.com. and be sure to check out our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash and more dot VA Peninsula.